You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day. And happy Victory Monday to you. The Buffalo Bills defeated the Kansas City Chiefs 38-20, improved to 4-1, and claim a monumental win in front of a national audience. It might be 2.10 a.m. here on the East Coast, but I am wide awake, and I can't wait to talk about this football game One that could have major implications when it comes to first-round buys, playoff seedings, who's playing where in terms of home field advantage in the playoffs. A big, big, big win for the Buffalo Bills. Checked a major, major box proving they can beat the Kansas City Chiefs. And they didn't just beat them. They beat them by 18 at their place. So let's talk about things I liked. We'll get to things I didn't like. We'll go over my predictions and talk about what's next for the Bills and this podcast. So under things I liked, I know Josh Allen did some really special stuff in this game, and we'll get to it. But I got to start with the defense. They held the Chiefs to 20 points. Their season average entering the game was 33 and a half. Kept them two touchdowns below what they're averaging on the season. It was the lowest point total for the Chiefs since 2018 and the fewest ever in a start by Patrick Mahomes. They held the Chiefs to two of five in the red zone and they were 80% scoring touchdowns in the red zone entering the game. The Bills forced four turnovers. Didn't turn over the ball. They held Kansas City to 5 of 13 on third and fourth downs combined, and they were over 64% for the year. Patrick Mahomes only 272 passing yards on 54 attempts. Did not allow them to get big plays. They had one completion over 20 yards, and it was 26 yards to Miko Hardman, and I still maintain that Hardman did get that second foot down, but he bobbled the ball after that, and I don't feel like anybody was talking about it. Inconsequential, the Bills won the game, but I don't think he caught that football. The Bills did not blitz. They understand that it's pointless to blitz Mahomes, but you got to pressure him, and you got to get pressure on him with four, and they did just that. The pass rush in this game was pretty consistent. They flooded the passing lanes, and they had a perfect defensive game plan. You talk all about Tyreek Hill. You talk all about Travis Kelsey. Well, Hill had seven catches on 13 targets for 63 yards, and Kelsey had six catches on 10 targets for 57 yards. I think that's a great job. I think that's exactly what you're talking about when you say you have to contain those dynamic playmakers. That's not efficiency at all when it comes to targets and receptions, and it's a modest amount of yards. 
Oh, by the way, the Bills did this without Matt Milano. The Chiefs scored two touchdowns in 11 drives, and entering this game, they had 17 touchdowns in 33 drives, which is 51%. Again, two touchdowns in 11 drives. An absolute masterpiece by the Bills' defense, led by Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott. I thought the Bills' defense made two huge plays, and I'm not going to mention anything you are going to be surprised by. I'm talking about the two interceptions. Micah Hyde, his pick six, and Gregory Rousseau's interception. Let's talk about the context of those plays, starting with the Hyde pick six. The Bills led 24-13 to at halftime. They get the ball first. The Bills' offense goes three and out. Then the Chiefs punt. The Bills get the ball back and punt four plays later. I was nervous, probably just like you were, that the offense couldn't stack a drive together and keep the pressure on Kansas City and that the lead was going to evaporate. Well, Micah Hyde had different plans. Pick six, and all of a sudden it's a 31-13 to ball game. All right. This feels good, right? Well, Kansas City gets the ball back again, and they are driving. The next thing you know, it's first and goal from the eight-yard line, and Gregory Rousseau intercepts the football. And the Bills' offense went three and out again after that. The third quarter offensively was a struggle. It was the defense that made those big plays. Love to see it. Now, don't get me wrong. The offense did a lot of really good things. They made some big plays. Josh Allen had some special moments. But I had to start with the defense and just how well they played overall. And, of course, the two monumental big plays, the interception by Gregory Rousseau and the pick six by Micah Hyde. Let's talk about Rousseau. You heard Brandon Bean all offseason long talk about how the Bills could not affect Patrick Mahomes enough. And Rousseau was the player hand-selected by Brandon Bean to come in and affect Patrick Mahomes. And boy, did he ever. The pass rush was consistent throughout the game. He had a sack, a tackle for loss, a quarterback hit, pass breakup, and of course, the interception. He was exceptional against the run. He was excellent in contained rush in terms of not allowing Patrick Mahomes to roll to his right. I mean, Rousseau was terrific. The player, Brandon Bean, hand-selected to give the Bills' defense a better chance of containing Patrick Mahomes delivered in a big way in his fifth-ever NFL game. The young man's career is off to a terrific start, and he is making... Brandon Bean looked awfully smart. Want to give a few other quick defensive shout-outs. How about Taron Johnson leading the way with 12 tackles, had a pass breakup. Thought A.J. Klein played well. So did Tremaine Edmonds, at linebacker. Boogie Basham, he combined with Jerry Hughes for a sack. Both of them each had a quarterback hit. Justin Zimmer played extremely hard. He had two quarterback hits. Jordan Poyer with a pass breakup and tackled well all game per usual. Mario Addison had some really positive pass rush reps. He drew 
uh, at least one holding call that I can remember. Ed Oliver made some nice plays in the backfield, was really good against the run. A.J. Epinesa and F.A. Obata made their presence felt on a few occasions. So kind of like last week where I don't think there's a whole lot of players that didn't play well defensively, but so many different guys did different things at different times to contribute to the best defensive game ever played against Patrick Mahomes. Now let's talk about 17. Let's talk about Josh Allen. He was a big play machine in this game. Big time throws down the field. Two deep shots to Sanders. Two to Dawson Knox. Stephon Diggs had a big catch that he should have scored a touchdown on. So he made plenty of big plays. But we got to talk about the drive. You know what I'm talking about. The drive following the Chiefs' last touchdown. It was absolutely monumental. 31-20 ball game. Bills lead. 13-42 left in the fourth quarter. The Bills had punted on three consecutive drives to start the second half. Josh Allen responds by marching the offense down the field, 12 plays, 85 yards, took 7 minutes and 51 seconds off the clock. He stayed in rhythm. There was the legendary hurdle on the third and four to convert the first down, and then the touchdown pass to Emmanuel Sanders to cap the drive. That was one of those drives where you felt Josh Allen say, get on my back, we're going to score on this drive, and we're going to win this football game. Legendary drive. You just felt, right, that he just wasn't not going to score. And the icing on the cake is 12 plays, 85 yards, and milking half the quarter away, putting the game out of reach for Kansas City. So Josh finishes the game 15 of 26, 315 yards, three touchdowns, 21 yards per completion, and he led the team in rushing with 59 yards and had a rushing touchdown. So it was not necessarily a methodical game by Josh Allen and the Bills offense, but the big plays were there. They connected on them, and it really put stress on Kansas City to keep up against a really, really good Bills defense. All right, let's talk about Dawson Knox. Three catches, 117 yards, and a touchdown. It's time to spike the football. I preached all offseason long about Dawson Knox's potential and that he would be worth the wait. And the dude through five games is leaving no doubt about what he can do. And he solidified this tight end position, and the Bills did not have to invest resources, cap space, or draft capital to go in a new direction at the position. Draft and develop. And sometimes patience is going to be required, but Knox has been unbelievable. And as I said repeatedly, his traits were worth being patient on. Five touchdowns in his last four games. He's been extremely consistent. And as you know, I've dated this back to last year, right? The last nine games last year. We're talking about nearly a season's worth of consistent production out of Dawson Knox. He's on pace 
for 61 catches, 887 yards, and 17 touchdowns. Now, I don't think he's going to catch 17 touchdowns, but I think it's very realistic that he can challenge for 60 catches and 800 yards and double-digit touchdowns. I think that's well within his reach. And I think that's exactly the type of contributions you're looking for from a tight end in this offense. So Dawson Knox continues his breakout season, and he is playing extremely well. And he's making tough catches too, right? It's not like he's just catching wide open floaters. I mean, this guy's making plays. You know that I'm excited to see it. I absolutely love the start to the season by Dawson Knox. The offense in general, like I said, the methodical stack play after play together didn't happen. But they did average 8.1 yards per play. So again, it wasn't the game I was expecting. I thought it would be a very methodical type approach where they want to keep things on schedule, force Kansas City to make tackles, run the football. No. Josh Allen said, I'm making big plays, and you're not going to stop me. That's exactly what he did. Pass protection was terrific in this football game. Josh Allen was not sacked, and he was only hit once on a dropback pass. And probably something I should have led with in terms of things I liked, but the Bills overcame a lot in this game. They overcame awful and inconsistent officiating. They overcame being on the road in a hostile environment on primetime. They overcame the Kansas City Chiefs, who were a team that needed to win this game. They're 2-3. and three. The Chiefs are 2-3. and three. And in last place of the AFC West, with the Chargers at 4-1 and one on top of that division, already beating the Chiefs once this year. They had to have this game. Bill said, we don't care. We're winning. You had the lightning delay at halftime, and things repeatedly did not go the Bills' way in this game. The offense was not sustaining drives. The defense had multiple stops erased due to penalties. You think you stop Mahomes, and the next thing you know, there's a flag on the field, and the drive continues. But they kept playing, and they emerged victorious in a big way. I also like that everyone that played the game finished the game, to my knowledge, and Tyler Bass was perfect on the game, one of one on field goals, five of five on extra points. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together it's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite shows, sports, and movies all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, let's get into some things I didn't like from this football game. And folks, we're talking about a 38-20 to primetime win on the road over the Chiefs. <laughs> There's a lot to like, but there is some things 
that I didn't like, and I want to start with officiating. And you guys know me. I've said on this podcast that bad calls are part of the game, and you have to accept it. They don't get everything right. But my goodness was this bad. Ticky-tack calls, missed calls, phantom calls. It was disappointing. You've got two of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL on primetime, and the officials wanted to make it about them. I hate that. The phantom holding call on Mitch Morse. They missed two defensive pass interferences against Stephon Diggs. I mean, the officials really took away from what was a fun football game, at least for Bills fans. But I do want to clarify something on the Frank Clark roughing the passer penalty. You know, the one where Josh Allen actually threw an interception and it was awarded a first down to Buffalo because Frank Clark roughed the passer. He didn't hit Josh Allen late. It was that all of his body weight went on Josh Allen when he tackled him, and you can't do that. So whether you like the rule or not, it was properly enforced. Let me read from the NFL rule book about a stipulation with roughing the passer. It says, when tackling a passer who is in a defenseless posture, for example, during or just after throwing a pass, a defensive player must not unnecessarily or violently throw him down or land on top of him with all or most of the defender's weight. Instead, the defensive player must strive to wrap up the passer with the defensive player's arms and not land on the passer with all or most of his body weight. Folks, it was clear as day. Frank Clark landed on Josh Allen with all or most of his body weight. It's a correct call, and it was properly enforced. So the officiating in general was frustrating, but that was absolutely a correct call. So let's move on from the officiating. And I don't like to talk about officiating on the podcast. I really don't, but it was bad tonight. I think the offense left a lot of meat on the bone. I really do. Again, I love the big plays. I love the big moments. But there were some moments in this football game offensively where the Bills left meat on the bone. How about after scoring the first touchdown of the game for the Bills on their opening possession, we know Kansas City got the ball back and they fumbled the kick return. The Bills took possession of the ball at the plus 34-yard line and the drive resulted in in a punt. And if you guys remember that drive, it started by Devin Singletary dropping the screen pass, and that was going to be a big play. Deion Dawkins holding unnecessarily on that third down conversion. And then Josh Allen has the intentional grounding penalty that put the ball back to the Bills' own 48-yard line, and now you're punting. How about the Stephon Diggs play? We talked about it. You hate to be upset about a 61-yard catch, but I think he took for granted that anyone was around him. I think he thought he was just going to back into the end zone. Well, he left points on the board. They had to settle for a field goal. It cost him four points. And obviously, 
It winds up being inconsequential. The Bills win 38-20. to But as that game was going on, I was thinking a lot about those points left on the board. And you figure at least three from that drive following the, the fumbled kick return. So I'm sitting here thinking, wow, the Bills left seven points on the board. You can't do that against Kansas City. Now, I know the Bills' defense had other thoughts in mind, but offensively, between not sustaining drives and those squandered opportunities, like I said, there's just a lot of meat left on the bone. I thought the Bills' punter, Matt Hawk, was below average today. He had one good punt that was downed around like the five or six-yard line, but his other three punts I thought were all below average. And I think we understand what Matt Hawk is. Really good holder, but... He's not necessarily going to consistently get booming punts off or flip the field. He'll occasionally pin them deep, but there's just not a lot of consistency. Now, I don't expect the Bills to do anything here at punter. I think they like that they've signed him long-term, and they really value him as a holder and what that means for Tyler Bass. So I think we're just going to kind of have to live with this. Now, I can nitpick some moments here early in the game where I thought the Bills' contained pass rush was an issue, and... Patrick Mahomes was escaping the pocket by rolling right. Now, they corrected that very much, right? I thought the Bills really did a good job as the game elongated, containing Mahomes in the pocket, but they had some lapses there about mid-first quarter, even into the second quarter. And I thought Jerry Hughes was the guilty party a few times going inside with his rush and opening the opportunity for Mahomes to get outside the pocket. Now, I thought Gregory Rousseau and Boogie Basham did a great job with their contained rush, but Hughes had some blunders with that. And then I thought there were a few tackle attempts where the Bills' defenders just did not do a good enough job of coming to balance and squaring up the ball carrier. thought Trey White was victim of that a couple of times, and Micah Hyde also had a moment where he missed a tackle attempt because he didn't come to balance or square up. But that's, that's nitpicking inconsequential in the overall grand scheme of things. The Bills come away with a very exciting 38-20 to win over the Chiefs. And I know one of the big narratives around the Bills this year has been, well, who have they played? Who have they played? Well, folks, they just dominated the Kansas City Chiefs at their own stadium. The best defensive game ever played against Patrick Mahomes and an offense that scored... 38 points, and your quarterback had over 300 yards passing, nearly 400 total yards and four touchdowns. So miss me with uh, the schedule. It's not college football where you pick your schedule. The Bills are absolutely taking care of their business. And look, the schedule doesn't really tighten up either. Pun pun intended. Pun intended because their their next opponent is the Titans. But I mean, look, they still got a couple games against the Jets. They get two against New England, the Falcons, Carolina. Got another one against Miami, Jacksonville. Like, it's not the Bills' fault that the teams on their schedule aren't very good. They didn't pick this. But my goodness, they're dominating football teams. And they just dominated the Chiefs on the road. And you can point to last year, too. It's not like... Everything's new about this Bills team, and we have to figure them out. I mean, they, they were 13-3 and last year, won two playoff games, or in the AFC Championship game. So when you want to drop those narratives and those talking points about, ah, oh, the Bills just they really haven't played anyone, 
Well, I think there's a larger sample size of information that you should take into consideration. So if you want to diminish the Bills and what they've accomplished this year, like go ahead and do that. But I think we all know what this football team has proven and what they're capable of achieving this year. And this was a big win in fighting against that narrative. Did you know that Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something for everyone. They have coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, cookies and cream, orange, strawberry, salted caramel, and double chocolate. And look, if you haven't tried all the flavors, get yourself a mixed box. That's where you can get two of each of the nine flavors. Try them all and figure out which ones you like the best. And not only are Bilt Bars the best tasting protein bars on the planet, they're healthy too. Check out these macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories range from 130 to 180. Only 4 to 5 grams of sugar and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. The flavors are amazing. They're all tasty and they're all healthy. I've got a deal for you. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use our promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, folks, let's uh, take a look back at those predictions that I made for this football game and see how I did. Now, I went perfect last week, five for five. This week, not so much. The first thing that I predicted was that the Bills would have 30 rushing attempts. No, they didn't get there. They only had 28 rushing attempts. They fell too short of the number I was predicting. Now, they only ran 54 offensive plays. So when I predicted 30 rushing attempts, I was thinking they would probably run closer to 70, 75 plays. Well, they only ran 54, 30 of them were rushes, and I missed on the prediction. My next prediction was that Josh Allen would have a completion percentage above 65%. Nope, he did not. He had a completion percentage of 57.6%. And I'll be honest with you, I thought Josh was going to play the game I thought he would early on when he was kind of checking it down to Zach Moss, checked it down to Devin Singletary, and they both dropped the football. And I think Josh said, yeah, nope, I'm not doing that. I'm going to get some big plays here, and it worked out for him. So it wasn't the efficient passing game that I thought we would get from Josh Allen. Instead, we got the big plays down the field, and that was a lot of fun. I predicted 10 completions to running backs and tight ends. And the Bills completed eight passes to running backs and tight ends, so I fell too short there. Again, I was thinking more plays were going to be run by the Bills' offense, and then I think when those early drops happened to Moss and Singletary, Josh Allen had other thoughts on what he was going to do with the football. I did get this next one right. I said, whoever attempts more field goals loses the game, and the Bills attempted one field goal, the Chiefs two, And so I got that one correct. And then, as you guys probably know, I predicted the Bills would lose this game, and I was wrong about that. And I'll tell you what, a lot of you guys have reminded me that I was wrong about that. My brother David, as soon as the game was over, he looked at me and said, you were wrong. And I've never been more happy to be wrong. I'll tell you what, I don't root for my predictions to be correct, especially, especially if I predict the Bills to lose, which I don't often do. But I did this time, and I'm eating some crow, and I'm happy to do it and happy to be wrong. As for the rest of the AFC East, the Jets fell to 1-4. They lost 27-20 to the Atlanta Falcons. The New England Patriots did win. They're now 2-3. They beat Houston 
to 22. Oh, by the way, that quarterback Davis Mills that the Bills made look like a JV quarterback, he was 21 of 29 for 312 yards and three touchdowns, no interceptions against Bill Belichick's New England Patriots defense. And then the Dolphins fell to 1-4 and four after they lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 45-17. to 17. Next up for the Bills, another primetime road date, this time Monday night football in Nashville against the Titans. And so the Bills avenged their loss to the Chiefs this week, and they'll have to avenge their loss to Tennessee next week. As for the podcast, tomorrow is Herd Mentality. Wednesday, our primer on the Tennessee Titans. On Thursday, we'll have our crossover preview. And then since the Bills play on Monday Night Football, I have to figure out exactly what I'm doing Friday and Monday. So stay tuned for that. Um, We'll get tailgate talk in there at some point. I'm not sure if I'm going to do it on Monday or not or if I'm going to do the typical Friday show on Friday. I've got some things to sort out, but you know that I'll be here for you talking Buffalo Bills football. So make sure that you're subscribed, rate, review, and share the podcast. Enjoy this Victory Monday, folks. Have an awesome day, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.